This is the Thorn Podcast, Performance Edition, the show that navigates the complex world of sports science and explores the latest research on diet, nutritional supplements, and the human body. I'm Joel Totoro, Director of Sports Science at Thorn. As a reminder, statements in this podcast have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Any products mentioned are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Thorn Podcast, Performance Edition. Joining me today is Grant Harris, Director of Nutrition with the Cleveland Guardians. Prior to his work in the Major League Baseball, Grant has worked with the Dallas Cowboys, the Minnesota Twins, the University of Michigan. Grant, welcome to the pod. Thanks, Joel. Appreciate it. Excited to be here. Excited to talk a little bit about some Thorn stuff today, too. Yeah, we're uh, we're super happy to have you. One thing I didn't mention in your intro is you started in the culinary world. You have a culinary degree. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, it's a bit of a rare path to professional sports. Can you talk a little bit about how you found nutrition and kind of your, your path to where you are today? Yeah, actually kind of funny. I almost fell into performance nutrition just through the back door of culinary, like you said. In my undergrad was strictly biology and I didn't have much intention of going into nutrition. And then I just wanted to follow a passion after my undergraduate. So I decided to go to culinary school. And fortunately, I had some amazing chefs that I worked with there that kind of pushed me in the right direction. And throughout my internship through Johnson & Wales, I was able to work with Brian Snyder with the Denver Broncos. And he really kind of ignited my, my passion for sports nutrition. And long story short, I went back to school, kind of headed in that direction of becoming a dietitian for, for performance. Yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting, and you kind of have a unique perspective. Uh, we talk a lot in the dietetics field about you know having a food first mentality, but you know, given your culinary background, you you really live that world and you understand it. I think at a different level than a lot of us had exposure to growing up, so or, or through our schooling. So, how does your culinary background influence how you practice nutrition and kind of how you even how you educate and and, and teach your athletes? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm really surprised how helpful it has been over the past five years since I've got my license. And baseball is really food service heavy, it seems to be like. Um, the past few years working with the dietitians that are in this league are amazing and they're brilliant. So I've learned a lot from them, but having the food service background that I have has helped me a lot just navigating, being able to fuel our athletes properly on the road because we do travel so much. We play 162 games a year, so it's a long season. So just being able to navigate that in terms of providing food that's not only nutritionally sound for them, but also keeping it a variety and keeping some sort of nuance in terms of giving them something new in and day in, day out. That's what's been most helpful for me. And honestly, since I got out of culinary, I've been trying to step out of the kitchen as much as possible and put my nutrition hat on a bit more. But just having that background, I get keep getting dragged in a bit, which is fine. I enjoy it. It's nice to have that expertise kind of fall back on whenever we need it. Yeah, it's it's tough, and and having done it, it it's tough. You you have to have you know your coloring hat on, and then your science hat on, and and sometimes it's uh wait, I, which one do I prioritize, right? And you know at the end of the day, it's uh uh it's a balancing act, and I think you do a pretty great job about it. Um, one thing I think you touched on a little bit is I don't think people realize what it what the how big the major league job is, right? So you have so many road games, so many athletes to take care of. But there's also the minor leagues where there's a lot, three to four times as many athletes with very different levels of budget, right? What are some of the things you see that are kind of true across all budgets or, or what do you what do you kind of hope to, what are some of the things you look for that are kind of consistent, right, regardless of budget? So, you know, people at home don't have the same budget that, you know, the Cleveland Guardians do. Mm-hmm. 
do you see any kind of like red threads through this is what I do at every level. I just have to figure out how to make it work. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know if you know it any better than anyone else because you've, you've done it for a long time as well, working with the patrons and stuff in the past. But honestly, it's, it's all about finding those caterers that are willing to work with you and provide the best product possible. And it's been tough with COVID because we have so many protocols now that are having everything being pre-boxed and shipped that way and delivered. And so it's the food, the quality is just not there. So being able to find products that are being delivered hot and ready and fresh in these protocol times or these COVID protocol times is is tough. So we're slowly getting back to that, which has been my saving grace, because if we can get back to food being more of an option for the players, giving them more options and providing those for them so that they make those healthy choices versus just having pre-box options that they may or may not even eat after we do spend what little budget we have on it kind of kills me. So it's been really difficult the past couple of years navigating those kind of avenues. But once we are able to find some local caterers in that area, particularly when we're at home, we kind of latch onto them and, and go full bore with them because they're the ones who are going to make the most difference. They want to pr- prosper. They want their business to do well. And we want to have great food. So they're going to work with us to, to deliver that if possible. I think it's always funny kind of in this industry, regardless of what you're talking about, it's always the people who care a little bit more that you end up working with, you know, because they care enough to be there on time. You can trust them. It's not just great food. You're you have a very strict window to get it in there, you know, and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and schedules change all the time. So it's there's nothing more valuable than a trustworthy food provider for sure. Another thing I think is is unique about baseball. And, and we talk a lot on this podcast. There's obviously the knowledge side, but so much of what we do is on the coaching side. So do you find because you have people, you know, so many uh, athletes from so many different, you know, age ranges and countries of origin and food preferences, do you find food kind of actually is an easy way to start a conversation and establish a rapport? It really is. You kind of hit the nail on the head there with working with so many different cultures and generations now within baseball because we have a lot of young coaches coming up, but we also have a lot of old school baseball coaches still too. So I've been working on my Spanish, poquito espanol is what I tell them all the time. Please just talk slow to me. But food is an easy direct route to kind of show them that you care because if we can provide something that might be local to them and their culture and bring that to them in Detroit or San Diego or someplace that they may not even expect, it's going to really brighten up their day and make them perform that much better because they're comfortable with it. And then they're comfortable with speaking with you down the line. This whole business is about trust and being able to develop relationships with your athletes um, and your coaches, your staff. So food is food is home for a lot of people. So if we're able to provide good food that reminds them of home, it's just makes our lives so much easier. So little goes such a long way. You know, it just goes to show like, hey, I care about you as a person. Like wins and losses are great, but you know, here's a little bit of uh, something extra to remind you of the human side of human performance. You talked a little bit about, you know, the culinary world and the, the science world. So when in your world do supplements kind of play in, right? Like, again, we, we focus on food, but there's sometimes the demands are just so high or the circumstances are different. So where do supplements kind of fall into your programming? Yeah, I am food first, whole food as much as possible kind of dietitian. And, but you know, like that's not always the case. And I, I kind of hit on this a little bit before with having such a long season and being on the road so much. It's just not always possible to provide those high quality food products that we're looking for. So that's where supplements come in. They, they cover the gaps and they help us recover more and get back on the field and feel they can perform at their best, despite maybe not having the best possible circumstances going on. It's, it's our coverall. And 
the science behind supplements is blowing up. I feel like there's so much more science and um, research going into supplements these days. It kind of helps us really hone in on what can help our athletes, whether that be in baseball or whatever sport someone's working with. It's, it's very particular and unique these days. Yeah, I think that's one thing we, we've seen over the years, and it's still a pretty young industry, the whole sports performance world. When I was coming up, you had to pull from maybe this trauma article would be applicable, or I think Australia is doing this with Australian rules football. That can maybe apply, but it's so nice to see. And, and some of the, it's our colleagues doing the work, right? Amazing. Some of these research articles, and it's, you know, I always think there's a, what do we think? What do we know? What can we prove? And we kind of have to play in what we know and what we, we're pretty confident will be proven, but it's, it's great to finally have been in the industry long enough and, and you've seen it in the last couple of years where these things we've been saying for years we can now put a peer-reviewed journal behind and be like actually these are the vitamin d numbers of professional athletes right yep. so that's that's been great to watch and and really i i think you're kind of like me every kind of conversation we have makes you think of three or four more things like oh okay i've never thought of it that way now i need a plan for this which is great but also uh you know can get pretty daunting so appreciate having people like you to, to bounce ideas off of but i I do want to touch a little bit specific to supplementation in Major League Baseball in there, you know, one of the leagues that do it the best as far as player safety. But can you talk a little bit about the importance of third party testing? We use NSF for sport, not just for the, you know, the safety and efficacy, but what an actual positive means for somebody, uh, one of your players. Yeah. Um, I mean, baseball is the most strict league that you can work with. I'm pretty sure. I know the Olympic testing is pretty rigorous as well, but um, collegiate too, but MLB, we are only allowed to provide our athletes NSF certified for sport products. And that is kind of limiting sometimes just because it is an expensive kind of certification process that companies need to go through. So it can limit our options, but at the same time, it provides us the best possible options as well. So we know what we're getting. We know that there's not going to be anything that's contaminating these products, whether that be in the actual product itself or where it's manufactured, because a lot of the things we work with are manufactured with something that might contaminate the product down the line. So um, fortunately, through NSF and other sources, we're able to verify that these are safe products for athletes. And it's really detrimental. I mean, they, they get hit and they get hit hard. They get tested for, for a lot of stuff too. So they got to make sure that they, they know what they're putting in their body and they know that it's safe for them to take. Otherwise, they're going to get popped and they're going to miss some time. They're going to miss some pay. And that's the last thing they want to do. Yeah, I, I think people don't realize how daunting it is of a task to keep uh, sub, uh, you know, banned substances out of a locker room or out of a sport. I know there's intentional, you know, you know, there's the intentional doping, but you know, I've seen, you know, anything from and Major League Baseball because they made such a big point of it. Probably a little different than football, but you know, there's there's agents or family friends or trying to be good, and it's oh, this electrolyte powder or this protein, not knowing the steps they have to go to and how difficult it is to make a clean product. So we've seen too mm-hmm. many, you know, kind of accidental exposures, and especially if you're at you know the minor league level and you're you know your salary's not extraordinary, and and you really can't afford to take some time off. And taking time off may prohibit your ability to get to the next level. So it really is an important task. And, you know, I think Major League Baseball is great. They were the first to mandate every team have a dietitian available, uh, yep. which is which is great progress uh, to you and I, common sense. But uh, <laughs> it's good to, to kind of put some some structure around that. But we've talked a lot about baseball. But you've worked across a number of different sports in your career. What are kind of some of the the common themes you see? Or, or are there learnings you took from different sports that you've 
seen apply to baseball? Just in terms of supplements or in, no, just in, in general. Just yeah. in general. I mean, I think we kind of hit on a little bit before the, the food first kind of thing is my go-to and developing that relationship and rapport with athletes and the coaches. It's a, it's, it's your family that you're working with. You spend so much time in these facilities and at the games and working with these people who are not your blood family, but they become your family because you're there all the time and developing those relationships is key. Uh, because then you build that trust, as I kind of tapped, tapped into a little bit earlier, and they're able to open up a bit more and you, you find out a lot about the athletes that they, may not, they might not have um, opened up to previously. So it's, it's developing that trust. I think that's what I always go back to is have, if I don't know an athlete or a staff or whoever it may be, I, I really try to go out of my way to let them know that I'm available for them whenever they need, whether I'm be working on my computer or working in the kitchen or at home, I always want them to know that they can get a hold of me if they need to. And, and that's what we're here for. We're here to help them. It's, it's not about us. It's not about us working in the field. It's about helping the athletes um, prosper and, and achieve their goals because they're the, they're the elite. Obviously, that's who we're working with. And if we can help them improve that one or 2%, that's, that's what we're there for. That's a, that's a great mindset. This is kind of be a very specific question, but so you've been able to provide high quality nutrition at a minor league budget through a pandemic, what are you looking forward to? Eventually there's an end to this. What are you looking forward to most about kind of really growing your program once you have a bunch of limitations lifted? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's it's been really fun working with the Indians now, Cleveland Guardians, over the past few years because the program's grown with me slowly and I didn't even realize it. We now have another dietitian on staff, Miguel Solis. He's amazing. He also has his culinary background. So between the two of us, we've been able to really restructure the program and what we got working here. We offer the same products from top to bottom in our program, which sometimes I always cost effective for those minor league athletes um, or for our budget for the minor leaguers. But we stress to our organization that we find that's essential to provide those same things for the major league at the minor league level as well, because the development of those younger players, I think, is where we can have our biggest impact. The major league players, they've been doing it for years. They know what they're doing for the most part. And we're tweaking things here and there. It's the minor leagues where I think we can have the most impact and really get our hands dirty with helping them develop and kind of find those diamonds in the rough that you might not find otherwise. So that's what I'm most excited about is getting back out there and traveling to affiliates more and seeing the players face to face because wearing masks and all this other kind of stuff, it's keeping us safe, but it's also keeps everyone guarded at the same time too. So I think being just being more present with all the athletes is is key. Yeah, you talked a little bit about the development model, and I think it's pretty unique in baseball. It's kind of similar to the, you know, the English or, or International Soccer Academy or Football Academy kind of style where you get them young, you teach them the principles young, like you're now in a, you know, in a, you've been here a few years. Have you seen, are you finally starting to see that trickle up? Like, hey, like I, what I taught you in, in single A ball, like it's still working. And does that make your job a little bit easier or, or the culture a little bit easier to really embrace nutrition? Because it's just this this is what we do, you know? No, absolutely. I've, you're kind of looking into my, my head right now is it's been cool because I started as the minor league coordinator with the Indians and now working as the um, director with the major league team. We have players coming up and we have a lot of young players coming up. We have a, a very young team in relation to the rest of the league. So 
working with some of these athletes that I might have worked with in the past, it's, it's awesome because they'll come up to me like, hey, um, remember we worked on this a couple of years ago? I kind of been falling off it a little bit. Can we touch base again? And it's just an instant rapport and it's quick. It's a quick hitter because we know what they've been through and we can kind of go back to those basics with them and be like, yeah, look, this is what you're doing before. Let's kind of get you back on track and then see how you do. And it's exciting. I love seeing them progress and make their goals happen. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's super rewarding. I mean, it, it's why we're here, right? It's so so nice that you're able to follow that. Cause so often, you you know, you work with an athlete and then, uh, you know, you're following from afar. So it's great that you have those touch points. All right, I'm going to ask you one more question, then we're going to take a break and take some questions from our listeners. But uh, I know a lot of what you and I talk to, if this was just a, a normal conversation between two of us, we're always thinking forward or getting excited about what's next. Uh, do you have anything you're super excited about to, to see either grow or uh, learn a little bit more or more research come out about? Yeah, I mean, I'm constantly trying to learn more. I think I said earlier, I was trying to put my nutrition hat on a bit more and get out of the kitchen, just because you can kind of become complacent and be comfortable in what you're doing already and not learn more about anything. So personally, I'm starting to take the CSSD soon. I'm learning a lot at the moment about the field in general and kind of broadening uh, my horizons. But for me personally, it's a personal goal for me to get us improved in some of our body comp measurements with the Guardians. We have a, we're working with InBody right now and we're wanting to kind of step up our game there. So I've been really digging into that a little bit more, which is exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot in terms of how the processes are done and the new gold standards, whether that be BiPod or DEXA and, and how they're applicable. And then it all relates back to their nutrition. It relates back to their supplementation. It's this guy has been having fractures or needs a surgery because his bone mineral density is lower and we can see that with this DEXA, whereas we're not able to see that in this 2D model of the embody and trying to help administration see this and like the importance behind that and not look at the dollar sign so much as the value we can provide for the athletes and in the long run, how much that can provide. That's my main goal is developing that understanding and, and knowledge for the front office so that we can really help our team out. Yeah, I think that that's so important. And you hit on something, anyone who listens has heard me say a thousand times, but so much of our careers are, are treating the human part of the human performance. And uh, once you start, you know, kind of putting it in those, those, you know, uncertain terms where, hey, this is a, a health, a longevity. These are all things I can predict. I can predict that team docs can predict the strength, strength and conditioning. If we have this data, we can predict, we're going to tell you these things are probably going to happen. So let's have a plan for it now. And I think that's super exciting. That kind of shift from uh, kind of injury response to kind of wellness uh, promotion. And it's, you know, we're, we're seeing it, you know, performance is going up, careers are getting longer, you know, post-playing career lives are significantly more fulfilling because they're more mobile. They can, you know, they, they they just end uh, in a little better place than than previously uh, athletes have kind of just assumed. Yeah, okay, you know, I'm, this is a trade off. You know, I live this life, but here's the here's the post playing career consequences. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm really excited to see and hear organizations like the Guardians and you and your staff what you're kind of doing there. It's it's super uplifting and and I think uh, you know something we can all look at. You know, kind of taking an inventory of of how we're doing individually. Right? Do we have a do we have a Cleveland Guardian plan for ourselves? So. <laughs> That's really exciting to hear. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to dig into uh, some more specific questions that our listeners have for you. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. The foundation for every good health routine starts with a multivitamin mineral formula. 
But what multi-formula is right for your unique body and lifestyle needs? The team at Thorne has made it simple for you to find out. Just head over to thorne.com to take a multivitamin mineral quiz. Simply answer a few questions about your diet and lifestyle, and their medical experts will recommend an ideal multivitamin mineral formula for you. Treat your body to the health it deserves with Thorne's Foundational Health Solutions. Learn more by visiting thorne.com. That's T-H-O-R-N-E.com. And we're back. All right, Grant, let's get into some of these questions. This was from a high school player, so we get that a lot. Should high school players take supplementation? And if they do, do you have any any recommendations or just general high school youth uh, nutrition recommendations? You know, it's funny. I, I kind of look back on my own high school career whenever I get this question because, as we stated before, nutrition and sports nutrition is kind of a new field. It's, it's very new in terms of not only collegiate and professional, but just now it's really kind of breaking into that high school level. I know that's the new kind of venture for performance nutrition. So I think it's super interesting that people are considering development so much earlier because what did I hit on before is we have the most impact on our minor league players. It's not the major league players where we're having the huge impact. It's the minor leaguers that we're really seeing how much we can help develop them and send in the right direction. So I think absolutely high school is a time to get into using supplementation. Of course, I, I was food first kind of concept. I ate like crap in high school, so you should not do that if you're in high school, but also covering those bases and helping develop your body, whatever the case may be, sports specific, that is a route that can be taken through supplementation. I think just basic knowledge even of hydration and using certain products to keep your body well hydrated or protein powder or a, a multivitamin, a daily multivitamin to cover those bases because we all know high schoolers are not eating the best. I, as I just said, we're eating pizza in the cafeteria and then we're going out and running our laps around the track and and somehow fortunately, young enough to, to rebound from everything they put their bodies through. But having that nutrition would just be a step in the right direction that could get them to that collegiate level to be in a D1 versus a D2 program. It's, it's those minuscule little changes that might not seem so important, but they really have a big effect in the long run. Yeah, I think that's super important. And I'm, I'm so glad that we're seeing, you know, sports nutrition, athletic training, strength and conditioning. There's a real uh, programming at the high school level and, and access to that information because I think so many people underestimate the caloric needs, not just to do your sport, which we think about, but you're still growing. Like there's calories needed to and nutrients mm -hmm. needed to grow. So I'm excited to see that we're getting there and think back similar to you about what we did in high school that we thought was right. And now we're seeing, you know, and, and Thorne did a research study and we're seeing it more and more, even at the, you know, collegiate level with unlimited feeding and unlimited or multiple dietitians and really all the support you can have still some deficiencies in, in the nutrition because, you know, the needs are high and the, you know, food quality may not be perfect in a certain nutrient. It's interesting for so long, we would just say like, eh, no, just go with food. But uh, we're starting to see more and more, we can kind of read the science and get to know and do individual testing on, on athletes and know where they're at. So it's not a no, it's a yes, if, right? So if you've, if you're hitting these, if you're, if you're making an effort, if you're doing like, you can't, like you said, have pizza for lunch and a multivitamin and be like, all right, I'm cool. Right. But uh, I love the fact that there is so much support and education and access to information at that level. So, you know, hopefully we are seeing some of these um, under fueling issues preventing and, and some of these good habits starting at 16, 17, 18, and not 
okay, my talent is, you know, catching up. Everyone's as talented as I am. Now I need an edge, right? Let's get it at the, the front end. So yeah, exciting, exciting part time to be a part of this, this kind of industry, but following up on this one, another high school question, uh, can a high school baseball player do keto? Keto is my favorite topic to talk about with all my athletes, actually. <laughs> it's keto's tough. It's thing I kind of put out there for them first and foremost is, is keto sustainable? Can you do this for a long period of time? And if you can, is this going to help your performance? Why, why are you wanting to keto and what's the purpose behind it? Okay. You're working on your body composition. Someone maybe said that you need to lower your body fat percentage X, Y, and Z. You want to use those different energy systems, but in the long run, is it going to be beneficial to throw harder on the field to make it to that between first and second base? You, you have to have that explosive energy on the field, regardless of whatever position you're playing. And sometimes keto just isn't going to do it for you. You're going to need carbs for energy. You're going to need to use those explosive movements to succeed and be the best player you can be. So I really, I'm never going to say no to an athlete. If an athlete is really driven and wanting to do something, I will help them to the best of my ability, succeed at whatever they want to do, whether that be keto or any other idea they have. But if they want to succeed and really perform at the highest level, I don't think that keto is the way to do it, especially for a high school athlete. As you said before, they have so many more needs than maybe an adult athlete who is their metabolism slowing down. They might not need as much calories in and that kind of thing. So they can use a little bit less caloric intake, but for a high school athlete, you need to eat all day long and eating the right foods and a wide variety of foods. So don't limit yourself. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I always I have the same attitude. It's yes, if you're willing to do this, this, and this, but, and a lot of people aren't willing to do everything that needs to, to do once you eliminate you know, a major source of nutrients. So spot on there, man, I'm right with you. All right, let's, let's roll into another, this listener asked, my coach is recommending creatine over protein. What do you recommend? So that's a tough question, right? Because I honestly recommend both for a lot of athletes. And why is it one or the other? There are two diff very different supplements that are affecting two very different parts of your performance. The creatine you need for that explosive power, kind of what I hit on when we were talking about keto. That whole energy system is for that quick burst of energy that you need, explosive movements. So that's where creatine really comes in. It helps get that sort of bulk if you're looking to get a little bit more density with your lean body mass and everything. Whereas protein, I think, is just a daily need for recovery and maintenance and overall health. So I would never say one or the other is my short response to that, just because you can use both. And it's athlete-specific. Someone might not need creatine. Um, just because they already have good explosive power or they don't feel like they, they want to have that bulk to them or whatever the case may be. Or, but I think both is the right answer there for me, at least majority of the time. Yeah, I just feel like when I get questions like that, it's like I'm back in you know college and it's one of the, you know, the trick questions. You're like, it's A and B, but sometimes C, right? You're like, that's not the same thing. So this is a big topic we hear a lot about. And you know, I know the nutrition world, we talk about it a lot. We, I'm sure you get them even at the major league level. Kind of what's your take on pre-workouts and kind of the current commercially available pre-workouts versus what you actually prescribe for fueling around a, a game? Yeah. I mean, baseball, that's a pre-workout central. I feel like we help fuel the business because if guy doesn't have pre-workout, he's not going to be able to function whatsoever <laughs> on the field, it seems like sometimes. So I'm a proponent. I definitely support pre-workout because it can help you with your focus and just getting that drive and excitement ready for the game. It kind of hones it, hones them in, gets them really dialed, dialed in. But I think it's also, you need to be careful about how much you do because you can 
um, become a little uh, resistant to it. I don't know. I'm, I'm missing the word right now, but you need to kind of take a break every little while so that your body is able to really utilize that caffeine and the other aspects of pre-workouts that are, are going into that really help you dial up. There's a crap ton pre-workouts available in the market. And we kind of go back to what we were talking about before with NSF. Um, you got to be careful because you never know what they're putting in there. And whether it be, I think it was like antler, deer antler extract or something at some point. Yeah, that was a thing. That was a, a Baltimore Ravens thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you just got to be careful because you don't know what they're putting in there and why. And if it's that could pop you, it could test positive again. So it is just being really careful and selecting those pre-workouts carefully because health concerns and all the other things as well. But whatever helps you focus the best and really get dialed in, that's where you're going to shoot for. So I always go back to Whole Foods. Always, I'm going to be dragging us away from the supplement conversation back to Whole Foods and coffee, cold brew. That's a, a big a big deal for, for baseball as well. If we don't have coffee, there's usually a revolt happening in the building. That's another great kind of pre-workout that if a guy is wanting to maybe dial back a little bit, I always recommend, but there's some good ones on, on the market. I try to stay awake just because I'm awake for 17 hours after I take pre-workout, uh, just because I'm not used to all the ad other additive stuff in there. Um, I get a little twitchy. So that's another thing I, I got to warn guys about. Yeah, I think you, I think you hit on a, a couple of things I always run into. So the idea of pre-workout, it's such a, it means so many different things to so many different people. And, you know, so much of it is is really the caffeine and, you know, there's studies around to, to look at caffeine and performance. And, you know, <clears throat> you talked about the science evolving. We now know, yeah, you may, you know, take caffeine and it may excite you for a very long period of time. You're a slow metabolizer, you know, and then I grew up, you know, in a Sicilian family where we had espresso after dinner. Right. So like, and, and people went to bed, you know, sometimes, you know, the grandparents were asleep within 30 minutes. So, uh, but I, I do think, uh, you know, so caffeine does, you know, have a role. I think you did hit on a, a major topic when we, we talked about NSF is that, you know, there's not as much uh, regulation when you're not running through NSF or, you know, if you have a food label versus a supplement label and, and not everybody follows the rules correctly. So it is pretty, pretty important to see, like you said, what is actually in it and, and what is that company's kind of history, you know, like, do they have a history of manufacturing where they're hopefully following, you know, guidelines. But, you know, again, we always, we always defer back to, to um, NSF for sport just to you know, it's great for the company to say they do things well, but that's what third party is there for is to make somebody else prove it for you. But um, this is a follow up question on that. So I think a lot of times, you know, pre-workout has its place and, and caffeine has its place in sport. But too often people rely on that as, you know, because there is that stimulant effect of the caffeine. People confuse that with like actual caloric energy. So cool, you're taking a pre-workout, but what are some of your you know, your nutrients or what's your food going into a, a, a competition? I mean, once again, you hit the nail on the head, Ryan, I, I just have no energy. I, I need a, I need a Red Bull or I need X, Y, and Z to, to get me that energy. And that's that caffeine and the pre-workout um, that you're kind of talking about before that guys usually go to, but um, it's carbs. I mean, you need carbs for energy. You need to be dialed in and be hydrated as well. There's your body if it's not well hydrated and have a, a good set of carbs going into a game, you're going to, you're going to feel sluggish. You're going to depreciate pretty quickly because our core elements are our base needs. And if you're not satisfying them, then it's going to be tough to perform at, at your peak level. This question is about the different kind of positions. So how does a pitcher's nutritional needs differ from those of other positions? You know, they play every fifth day, those kind of things, or is everybody individual for you? Yeah, it's, it's, 
very individual basis. Even our starting pitchers, like you said, they have their rotation where they, they pitch and then they have their five day kind of build up and down. And I work with each of them individually because they do have varying needs, whether that's their energy on the mound or their recovery or their preparation going into the games or whatever the case may be. And then we have our relief pitchers too, who are, they might be playing several days in a row and they, they only pitch maybe two thirds of an inning or something like that. Like they're, they're out there along, but their needs are just as high because they have to be constantly prepared in case they're going to get called into the game. So even within pitchers, there's a huge variability versus other positions on the field. Never ending for you. It really is. You know, there's no <laughs> baseball <security>. diet, <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 I used to love that. People are like, can I get a football diet? I was like, huh. I've been about 48 questions for you before we can answer that. Uh, all right. So we're going to end on a little bit of a crossover here. Um, uh, as you know, where one of our partners is CrossFit and you are a CrossFit participant. Uh, can you talk a little bit about kind of what, what CrossFit means to you and uh, kind of a little bit of a nutrition role, how you, how you feel CrossFit differently than, you know, some other training, but just, uh, you know, knowing you're a practitioner that actually participates in it, uh, love to kind of get your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I am a, a low key CrossFit because it is so taboo, I think across our field still um, a lot of strength conditioning and other performance Experts might not always agree with the CrossFit prescription for fitness. I am a full believer that it's what you put in. You got to be safe as long as you're lifting safe and you have that good foundation. I think it's a way to utilize a lot of different energy systems within a short amount of time. Being able to be healthy for myself and, and go get a great workout in in an hour and not spend several hours in the gym at a time is, is key for me because I'm able to hit high intensity and get some strength in there at the same time while also doing some recovery, constantly being sore because that's what I am. I am always sore with CrossFit. And that's for me, I mean, that's it's laughable because that's how I always measure like, am I doing any work? Well, I'm sore as all heck. So yeah, I must be getting something out of it. I've been doing CrossFit for about seven years now and it's it's definitely changed my outlook on fueling because I, even as a dietitian, had been underfueling for a long time and my recovery was not there. And I didn't realize it until I started fueling to where I needed to, to be able to recover appropriately to even form on a day-to-day -day basis. I am not a games athlete. I'm not going to Madison and, or California, wherever they're having the games this year and being an elite level. But for myself and my own level of performance, I was not at my highest capability and I'm still not, I'm still growing to that point because I'm still working on my own nutrition as a dietitian. I'm, I'm still, I'm always developing and trying to tweak and see what I can do to make myself better. Yeah. I think, I think what we see a lot in that community too, is a couple of things that, that you hit on is, is the sport or the training goes to your ability. Right. But what I love about the CrossFit, um, especially for you, someone who's on the road so much is that, you know, you kind of can walk into a, a CrossFit gym and you've got an instant, you know, kind of community and support system and it's actual like helpful coaching or at least encouragement as opposed to mm -hmm. like, we've all been in the random gym in Baltimore where you're like, I just, I need a lift, you know, like, <laughs> or, or I need some motivation. So uh, well, those hotel gyms are not always well equipped either. So <laughs> there's that too. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, okay. What's within five miles. Who's got a car, you know? Yep. Oh, the struggle. Well, Grant, man, I really appreciate your time. And, and you know, I know we could have done another couple hours of just talking about the, the industry, but uh, I, I love having you on. We'll look to maybe have you on in the future. I think there's so many more topics we can cover, but uh, really appreciate your kind of unique perspective on the, 
performance world. And yeah, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate your time. Oh, thank you, Joel. It's been fun. It's always it's great to catch up with you and hope we can do it again sometime. All right. That was Grant Harris with the Cleveland Guardians. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for listening to the Thorn Podcast Performance Edition. Make sure to never miss an episode by subscribing to the show on your podcast app of choice. You can also learn more about the topics we discuss by visiting thorn.com and checking out the latest news, videos, and stories on Thorn's Take 5 Daily blog. For this performance edition of the Thorn Podcast, I'm Joel Totoro, reminding everyone to stay active and stay hydrated.